many announcements today. Guys, I love Advent. It's one of my, well, no, it just is my favorite season of the year. So before I ever really had a relationship with Jesus and knew of the gospel, my parents participated in Advent just because it seemed like the right thing to do to them. And so we would go to the most uh, beautiful church we could find, something cathedral-esque, which is not difficult living in Europe, and we would participate in the Advent worship times. And so uh, this morning we're going to join our hearts again with a story that's being told all over the world in denominations uh, uh, across every uh, church expression. And we're going to join in on the elements of peace today. So last week, Graham spoke on hope. And he reminded us that hopelessness has been shattered forever. That there are feelings that come up in our life but they do not compare to the reality that has been established through the coming of Jesus. Hopelessness has been shattered, so we light the candle to remind ourselves. And this week, we're going to dive into the story of peace. What is peace? How do we establish peace in our lives? Who is the Prince of Peace? And we know that this gospel of peace has been proclaimed to all nations that it is everlasting. His peace in our hearts is everlasting. So let's take a minute. I would just like you to close your eyes now, and we're going to meditate on that peace. So I'd like to practice a breathing prayer before we begin When you breathe in, you're going to say to yourself, Emmanuel, God with us, just silently. And when you breathe out, you're going to say, I welcome your peace, okay? So it's Emmanuel, God with us, I welcome your peace, okay? So let's breathe in. And breathe out. I welcome your peace. One more time, breathe in. Emmanuel, God with us. Breathe out. We welcome your peace. Amen. Let's keep this posture of our hearts. We're going to watch this beautiful uh, short film from the Roberts. Again, they've done an extraordinary job showing us peace in this way. Never mind, you got to roll with the punches. Okay, so there's a website. If you want to see this piece, extraordinary video, I encourage you, firstbornmusic.org. Where are you at? Did I get it that time? Firstbornmusic.org. Okay. So the video uh, meditates on the reality that his piece is everlasting. I love you guys. I'm sorry that it's not available this morning. 
But yes, check it out. Okay, friends, peace. So when I say peace, I often think of things like scented candles and bubble baths. And I think, yeah, peace. I want peace in my life. I want some good self-care. I could use some solitude. But I want to welcome us into maybe a little more depth of understanding of peace this morning. Is that okay? Who needs peace? You guys need some peace? I need some peace. Especially in this season, it seems like there's a war against peace, and yet the gospel of peace has come. It needs to be the opposite, right? So I'm going to pray for us that the Father would settle our hearts and that we would have a revelation of his peace this morning. Holy Spirit, we glorify you this morning. Father, we love you and we celebrate you. Jesus Christ, the one who has come to set us free from turmoil, the name that we lift high, we praise you. We love you. And I pray this morning, Father, that you would speak to every heart individually, that each one would be stirred afresh with your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Everlasting peace. Ezekiel 37. I'm going to read this over us. He says, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant. I will establish them and increase their numbers, and I will put my sanctuary among them forever. There was a covenant that was spoken a long time ago When God said to his people, there will be a day when you are at peace, I promise you. And I'm going to make a covenant with you. And that covenant cannot be broken. And I will establish within you a temple of holiness. I love this because Jesus has now come and he has fulfilled and satisfied this promise, right? So he has uh, satisfied the covenant that was spoken to us. He has become the sanctuary within us, and we have become that temple through what he has done, through his Emmanuel, God with us. And it is everlasting. It's not going anywhere. Peace with God. Fulfilled through Jesus. Let me just read this from Romans 5.1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. So I had to look up this word peace because you got your Old Testament, you got your New Testament. It just so happens that the peace in Old Testament is shalom, 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 shalom. There's one word for peace in the Old Testament. And that word shalom carries so much meaning. There is a wholeness. When we talk about the Prince of Peace, there is a completeness that is satisfied in that word shalom. It's when everything is made right. That's who he is. He's the Prince of everything made right. He's the Prince of completeness, of wholeness. But in the New Testament, there's several words that are used for peace. And one of those words that I want to key in on this morning 
is a word that literally translates to the absence of war, the peace that uh, brings us to unity. So when those angels came to the shepherds at night and they said, glory to God in the highest peace to all men, they said, absence of war to all men. They said, be at rest, be in unity, cease your rage, your turmoil. And I love this because it's such a complete picture of the gospel. For thousands of years, generation upon generation, we were in animosity with God. Sacrifices had to be made. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of turmoil in our souls when we do something wrong in order to be made right again. And now the angels are proclaiming there will be no more war in your soul. So I love what we dove into in worship today. End of the war. No more anxiety. No more turmoil. This is the gospel. That war in our hearts against the Lord, that thing that rises up in our soul that's not fully uh, whole, that, that place that wrestles against God, that's where he says peace. Peace to that part of your mind. Peace to the wrestle. So the good news was this, that Jesus was coming to put an end to the war in our hearts, to put an end to the turmoil and the rage that we experience. And he made an agreement with us and said, forever one, this is what's possible. Unity with the Most High. I'm going to reconcile that place that we established in the garden, that friendship. Unity is going to be restored The gospel of peace is the gospel of reconciliation. And we're all on a journey. We all have been saved and are being saved, right? So there's places that we walk and we're confident. We've been reconciled in those places. We know what it's like. We have surrendered in those places. We have peace. And then there's some other places that we do not have peace. (laughs) Anybody know what this is like? You're like, I thought I had that peace. I thought I established that place. And then this thing came up when my kid did that thing and that was not peace-filled. I may be talking for myself 12 hours ago. (laughs) But there's a story that I want to invite us into this morning and I think there's some instruction in it. And that story is the story of Zachariah. So I love uh, to look at the difference between Zechariah and Mary's response when an angel came, right? How are you going to respond to the good news being shared with you in angelic form? We might not know, right? (laughs) But so we have Mary. We have maybe a 14-year-old girl, and she's humble, and she's beautiful, And she responds when the angel declares to her something completely impossible. She says, I don't know how this is going to happen. Tell me how you will do it. And then she says, may it be done to me as you have spoken. Faith. Confident faith. Trust. 
So I'll be honest with you guys. I was looking at this story not so long ago, and I had the thought, man, I wish I responded like Mary more often. You know what? Immediately, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Katie, don't strive for Mary's response when you've lived in Zachariah's story. So I flipped back to Zachariah's story. And I began to imagine what it would be like to be this man, an older man, and his wife hasn't been able to bear children. And uh, he's along in years, and he's disappointed and I thought about what it would be like, the, the burden of infertility, where you have a promise, you have a hope of, for your family. And month after month, you feel the disappointment. It's reminding you, not today, not this month, not this year. And think of a 70-year-old man, month after month, disappointment, disappointment. And I felt the father say, Katie, don't strive for Mary's response if you've lived in Zachariah's story. If there's been a story of disappointment, I want to teach you about how I shepherded the heart of Zachariah. So this morning, I want to look at the goodness of the father in this story. Zachariah, we know, I feel like he gets a bad rap, do you guys? It's like the doubting Thomas, and it's just like, he doubted, and you're like, Zachariah, mm-mm-mm, look what he did, he got silenced, shut down. But I, I looked at it with fresh eyes, and I thought, the kindness of the Lord, sorry, <laughs> I'm getting a little out of hand there, the kindness of the Lord to silence this man, because he had this encounter with God that juxtaposed everything that he had lived in for, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years, wanting to believe. And then an angel shows up and says, please hope again. Like, God's coming. He's going to do this thing. And Zechariah responds with some sarcasm. Some like, yeah, how am I going to know that this is the Lord? Rather than how am I going to know how the Lord is going to do it, which is what Mary said. He says, how do I know that that's what the Lord spoke? And how do I know that this really is going to happen? And in his kindness, the Lord said, hush, be still, Zechariah. I'm going to silence you. He wasn't able to speak for nine months. And if you look in the scripture at the moment when John was born, I find this so interesting because it says that the people had to motion to Zechariah. They had to... Um, use their hands in order to ask John, or in order to ask Zechariah what the baby's name would be. A lot of scholars think that Zechariah wasn't only mute, but that he was also made deaf in that time. So here we have a man, nearly a year, in complete and utter quiet. And I felt the father saying, I shepherded him. I brought him into the kindness of the Lord. I ushered him into stillness and to solitude because there's times in our lives where life has taken a, whole, a toll, where disappointment has taken a toll. And in those places where we're unreconciled, where we don't believe what's true, where we're not living in complete unity or maybe there is a war at the things that we know we should believe, those are the times 
where the kindness of the Lord says, come with me. I want to pull you into the secret place. I want to help you be still. I want to silence those doubts. And I'm going to make this really easy for you because you're going to become familiar with all of those things in your spirit that are unlike me. And you're going to have an opportunity to surrender them again. It took him nine months, but I believe we can enter into the same stillness and rest in order to be reconciled back to God on a regular basis. The word that Jesus spoke to the storm, he said, peace, be still. This was a different word. This was not stop warring and the turmoil. This peace means stop talking. <laughs> There's actually a word for peace that means stop talking, which is why I speak peace over my child sometimes. <laughs> peace, be still. <laughs> That's the translation I'm going for. <laughs> and he said it to the storm, which I just love. He said, quiet down, hush, be still. Stop talking because your words right now aren't in agreement with what I'm doing. That storm was not in agreement. And there's places in our lives, big or small, where we're not walking in agreement. And to those places, he says, stop talking, come into awareness of what I'm saying, and then come into agreement, into peace. So you'll see this again in the Psalms where it says, be still and know that I am God. That stillness is that same quietness. It means quietness and rest. It actually translates to sink down. I think that's so cool, to drop down and to withdraw so here you have Zachariah. He withdraws. If you're deaf and you're mute, there's a sense that you're in your own world. And that for us, I feel like there's an invitation to withdraw. What are the things that we need to withdraw from in this season in order to give our spirit space to be reconciled, in order to allow that storm to come into awareness? I think sometimes... Our issue is not that we're not uh, fully reconciled to God, but that we're not aware that we're not fully reconciled. We haven't made space and time to allow the storm to come up, to allow Jesus to silence it. So this is what stillness and silence does. When we withdraw, we quiet our hearts and we rest. I think there's a, a secret to the secret place, if you may. Because we're entering a time as the Nava family where the Father is calling us to some really beautiful, bold challenges. He's inviting us to carry a message, I believe, to our city and to our neighbors and to our community. And what you'll see happened in Zechariah's story is that after he waited, after he was still, we know that he came into agreement with the truth because the first words out of his mouth were the very thing that the angel declared to him. 
he was able to bring his whole self in agreement with the truth that was spoken. Out of that silence, out of the withdrawing, he came to unity with God. He was reconciled to the truth, and then he spoke it to the community around him. Before we can declare peace to the world, we must live in peace with ourselves. This requires rhythms of silence and solitude. So what I'd like to do is just to take a minute and apply this to our own lives. Because a call to stillness and rest is a beautiful invitation, but if it's not applied... We don't enjoy the benefit that comes from contending and wrestling in those places and allowing the Spirit to provoke us. So what I'm going to do is just allow us some space, a few minutes, and I want to ask these two questions. When will I make space to be silent? Zachariah was forced into it. The Lord didn't give him a choice. We get a choice. We get to agree with the discipline of the Lord, with the good shepherd who wants to bring stillness to our storms. And in the stillness, in the silence, that reconciliation takes place. The first question, when will I make space? I want you to get real practical and think, Lord, is there a time in the day? Is there a time in the week? There are rhythms of stillness and silence. Next year, what does that look like for me? Maybe do I have a silent retreat? And then the second question, what do I need in order to have solitude? You might need a babysitter. You might need a grandparent. Thank you, grandparents. There you are. (laughs) you might need uh, to schedule it you might need to have a conversation with a spouse you might need to make provision and work so practically what do you need in order to be alone aloneness is not something that comes naturally to us in our culture so Father I pray right now that you would speak to each heart I know that you long for these moments in our lives so that you can speak to us We want to hear from you, so I pray, Father, may your voice be heard now in this moment. In Jesus' name, let's just take a moment to listen. Thank you, Father. Okay, you may need more time. Let's take another minute or two and just turn to the person next to you and share with them what you're sensing. It's okay if you haven't uh, nailed it down, but if you want to share some thought of how you would like to pursue silence and stillness in this season, share that with the person next to you. Talk amongst yourself now. Okay. I'm going to wrap up those conversations. If you don't have clarity on it right now, that's okay. We've at least got the conversation started. What I want to emphasize, 
I think this is a, a nice principle in scripture. I think that there's a lot we can learn from Zechariah, but the reason I felt stirred to this scripture was because I think there's something specific that the Lord is doing in our body right now. And I dare say that I think it's possible to miss what the Spirit would do if we fill in our empty spaces. I know that sounds a little harsh. (laughs) Thanks. We are capable of filling in our empty spaces and missing what the Father wants to do in our body right now. I believe that we are called to be ambassadors of peace. And this isn't just a, uh, another addition to our identity. This is our very call to reconcile a world back to him, back to love, back to truth. And as we go on in our lives, I'm totally speaking from my own conviction of areas that I've felt this recently, so you know. This isn't condemnation, but there are few people in this world who know how to contend for this rest, who know how to contend for silence and for stillness. And if you dare to enter that secret place and you prioritize it and you fight for it, the Father will continue to save you day after day. You will experience the reconciliation of your soul. You will experience and grow in unity with him. The limit to our friendship with him is boundless. It goes on and on and on. As much as we seek him, we will find him. As much as we enter in to this place of hiddenness and we say yes to that shepherding moment of Zechariah, We'll hear his voice. We'll be made into his likeness and into his image. And we will have a greater authority to walk in the things that he has called us to do. So the reason that I may be coming across strong right now is because I do believe that the Nava family has been called to authority in this city to give a message of hope and peace and joy and love that we're diving into in this Advent season. And if we don't have it ourselves, if we haven't wrestled out those places, if we haven't received the fresh be still and know, calm to the waves, then our authority when we try to share it with others It's not what it could be, you know? And I'm hungry. I'm hungry for us to walk in that power that he has given us. His peace is everlasting. The message is, whether we have lived into it or not, that we have been fully calmed and quieted by his spirit, that he has made us one with him. We are ambassadors of peace. And in solitude and silence, we learn to let the peace of God rule in our hearts, Colossians 3. Is it ruling today? Is it the primary thing that's on the throne in your heart, his peace, his reconciliation? The result of which is authority to declare peace to a world longing to know the war has ended. 
I love that this came up in worship because I was feeling it all week. The war is ended. Peace, peace. He said, glory to God and peace to all men. The war's over. No more anxiety, no more fear, no more sin. That wrestle against sin, done. You've been made new. You are a new creation. The war is over. And the world doesn't always know it, but they're longing to hear the war is over. The war is over. The anxiety is done. Be made whole. Come back to shalom. Come back to completeness and wholeness. And we get to tell them, it's done. The war is over. I'm going to end with this. And then we're going to do a little uh, liturgy that we're doing each week in order to agree with the truth. But as we've gotten back feedback forms and as people have shared what they're hearing in this Nava transition, we keep coming back to this verse. So many of you have been hearing uh, Psalm 131. I'm going to read it for us. It's short. It simply says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I've calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. I've calmed and quieted my soul. We see that in Mary's response, right? Calmed and quieted. Yes, Lord, may it be done to me as you have spoken. And we also see it at Zechariah's declaration. After his son is born, he says, this is my son. He will prepare a people that will know the Messiah, and he will prepare a pathway of peace, he says. He has declared the truth, and we as a people get to enter into this truth Own the peace, receive the peace, declare the peace, allow the peace to transform our hearts afresh in this season. So I'd like to welcome the Gilbertsons up. We're going to take another moment of uh, declaration. So we've meditated, we've uh, uh, considered the stillness and the rest of this season, and now with our lips we're going to declare the truth of what has been proclaimed to us. Thank you, guys. Father God, you who love us more than we can fathom, who chose us from the very beginning to be family, we praise your holy name. Jesus Christ, Son of God, word became flesh, who dwelt among us and was sacrificed for us. Holy Spirit, comforter in our lives, empowering us from the moment that we first believed. We praise your holy name. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus, our King, send us your grace this Advent season so that we can prepare for your coming. 
Help us slow down, listen to your voice, and focus on what's really important. We place our hope in you as we prepare our hearts to celebrate your birth. Advent God, we journey with you to Bethlehem's stable and a newborn king, ears attuned to the songs of angels, eyes alert for Bethlehem's star. Keep our hearts aflame with the aim of Christmas and the promise of a savior. Let us take a moment for reflection. John 1, 9 through 18, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. During this Advent, let your light of peace and love shine in our world. Give us eyes to see the signs of your presence in our everyday moments. Help us to prepare our lives and our homes to receive the one who said, I am the light of the world. We welcome you afresh to make your home in us. Together we declare, you are the light of the world. Let's take a moment for reflection. Jesus, thank you for going through great lengths to enter our humanity, showing us that even in our most ordinary and disheveled moments, you are with us. Help us embrace brokenness in others. We want to be like you in this way, Jesus. Let our lives display your loving kindness to all people. Jesus, you are the good news of great joy for all people. You want all of creation to know and experience the joy of your coming. Thank you that you have, you have come to dwell among us. May the whole earth be filled with the glory of this King. We bless our family, our friends, to know this good news that ushers in great joy. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this Advent season. To the glory of God. To the glory of God. I love them. They're so cute. Okay, I'm going to welcome the worship team back up. And I just want to, we're going to go into um, some worship. And I want to take this opportunity to allow our hearts and our souls to enter the peace. The peace that scatters darkness the peace that is our weapon against strongholds, the peace that is our message to the nations. I'm just going to read uh, this short word that I uh, received from the Father as I was preparing this week. From his heart, he says, My desire is to unify my body in this time. To set you up on a pedestal, Nava, in the city, in order to display my gospel of peace to all nations. But you must quiet yourselves. You must set yourself apart in the secret place. And there I will visit you. I long to speak to you. 
There I will deliver you. There I will establish my peace in you that emanates from you like waves. From every household, from every heart, waves of peace that touch the storms around you. Now is the time to make space. Now is the time to live into the quiet, to enjoy the silence, and I will empower you there. I will entrust you with the gospel of reconciliation, the gospel of my peace. Father, we receive today your invitation. We love your voice, and we want to be reconciled back to this peace in any area where there are storms or turmoil, because we believe, Father, that as your church and as your people, you've called us to scatter darkness. You've called us to pierce through oppression. And we want to take our rightful place as ambassadors of peace today in Jesus' name. Let's worship him. Let's stand and enjoy this moment of declaring the truth over ourselves and over our communities.